Let's do it. Recording in progress. Recording in progress at the end of the world. Wow, that was kind of beautiful. Thank you. That's really like what this podcast and anybody with a podcast is like. The world is ending every day. Mm-hmm. And we're just having a silly, goofy time on a podcast. That's all we know how to do. All we know how to do is be silly and be goofy. And that's it. Um. 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 When? <laughs> when? When you? When you? When? <laughs> Hey guys. I'm Liza. I'm Ruth. And this is the Little Sleep Much Reading Podcast. Finally, from so little sleeping. And so much reading, his brain dried up, and he went completely out of his mind. Guys, when I have my bookstore coffee shop, are you guys going to come in? They better. You have to. You have to come in. I'll give you a free sticker. If you don't come in, you're a narc and a hater. If okay, let's make a deal right now, okay? If you guys come in to the store and you say Can I and you go you gotta go up to the little counter yeah. that's gonna have beverages, little cafe section, and you say like Can I have the little sleep special? I will give you a drink for half off. Half Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You guys heard it here first. That's what you gotta do. That's what you gotta do. Don't forget it. Remember this always and just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just dance. Gonna be okay. Anyways. Last week was our Native American celebration, and um, this week we just kind of browsed our shelves. We sure did. We both have um, exponentially large, long TBRs, and we said, why don't we... uh, why don't we fix that by reading one of them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel so refreshed already. I know. I'm also like telling myself, I keep being like, I'm going to not buy a single book, another new book for myself until 2023. And then today I took a picture of like five different books that I want to buy. There are some things you have to do, you know? Exactly. Like, I bought my book for next week, and then I was like, I can't just buy one book. So then I also was like, I have to buy books for when we're not reading for the pot. Right. So I bought um, uh, Dark Harvest. Yeah. And I did. bought 
And then I went to the cafe and I got myself a little drink. Yes, she did. And I bought the $5 book because it's $5. Five fucking dollars. So, of course, I'm going to get it. And so we we read one book from the TBR, but we got three more. <laughs> right. Hey, if you don't spend your money, who will? Exactly. Yeah. And like we said, the world is ending. So why wouldn't you just live your life and buy what you want, read a book, have a book? It's your book. Okay? It's all for you, It's Daniel. all for you. Um, what did you read from your TBR? I read um, a book that was very popular this summer because it came out in the movie theater. And um, I was going to read this book for our sweater weather themed episode because I was like, this gives fall vibes. But then because the movie came out in the summer, I was like, no, maybe it doesn't give fall vibes. And then I read it and I was like, this so gives fall vibes. But um, I read Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Um, and I read... The amazing titled uh, The Great Glorious Goddamn of It All by Josh Ritter. We just love that title. Such a good title. And the cover is so fucking cool. It's about a lumberjack family, kind of. I'll get into it later. But the cover is like a tree that's been like carved and it says in the carving the great glorious goddamn of it all i just love a creative cover and people don't do really creative covers anymore so when you see one it's like Mm -hmm. when you see a new book with like a really weird cover like i love it i hate movie adaptation covers hate it and like the one for where the crawdads sing i just think is so ugly and i i don't mean that because it's um What's her name's face? Casey Edgar Jones. Yeah, I don't mean it because it's her. I just mean it's just a weird looking friggin' cover. It's just a bad but cover, yeah. The old one is beautiful. It's like a Gorgeous. beautiful, like orange color. Um, the only book that I am am definitely going to buy the movie cover to is my policeman because it's Harry's face. And like to have a book that has Harry's face on it, like well, I love that. I watched the film. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Did you watch it? No. I wanna watch I don't I wanna watch Don't Worry Darling first. And I'm waiting for friggin' Nicholas. Yeah. <laughs> we were supposed to watch it and then we didn't because our date night got switched around and we haven't watched it and now I'm like what the frig? I'll tell you this. You're not missing much for either one. Harry's not an actor. He's not an actor at all. It's not It's not looking good, folks. It's, like, really looking bad, actually. If he's not an actor, then that means that maybe he's not gay. And maybe he's not actually bald. Uh, yes. 
I fear he may be bald. <laughs> um, also, he's definitely gay because if you listen to Larry, if you listen to Larry's new album, if you listen to Louis's new album, um, it's very much about Harry, for sure. For sure. Also. Oh my god, wait, my thought, I had a fun thought and then it exited my brain stage left. It was about Harry. Oh no, it wasn't. Do you see that Zane's gonna be in a movie? I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. What, I'm, I, I, I'm like, what if he turns out to be a phenomenal actor? <laughs> I mean, look, in This Is Us, he really had me believing that he was loving being in a band. Oh, oh. Because he was in a cool boy band, and I, so. And I, oh. <laughs> Uh, damn. We fell down this rabbit hole once again. Kisses. XOXO. Gossip girl. Well, let's get into talking about our books, I guess. Even though we could talk about One Direction all day. Long. Who wants to go first? You went first last time. Do you want me to go first this time? Sure. Um, okay, cool. So, like I said, I read The Great Glorious Goddamn of It All by Josh Ritter. Um, this book has been on my TBR for a while. Definitely not the longest on my TBR, but on my TBR for a while. And um, I bought this book, one, because I loved the title. And two, the blurb on the front is by Anis Mitchell, who wrote the musical Hades Town, and I love Hades Town. And her blurb is, "I love this mythic American story. My heart overflowed with affection and raced with terror for Weldon Applegate. Josh Ritter's lyrical imagination frolics unfettered on a page after on page after fast turning page." And I was like, "That's such a lovely blurb. I'm buying this book." And that's the only explanation as to why I bought it um this book reminded me so much of big fish which if you guys will drive back down Beverly lane i read for the musical episode of um the podcast this season and when annie and i were talking about that I was sort of talking about how like the musical, the movie and the book for Big Fish all feel like they're obviously the same thing, but they feel like I like them differently. And I actually loved the movie for Big Fish. Like I thought it was incredible. And the book, I was like kind of so-so. Like I really liked certain things about it a lot, but otherwise like not one of my favorite things I ever read. And I do feel the same about this book, The Great Glorious Goddamn of It All. It's not it's not a standout for me for the year. Um, I am still glad I read it. Like that's always fun to like try something different. Um and to like, you know, judge a book by its cover and say, Hey, that's a fucking bomb title, so I'm just gonna read it. And it was very interesting. It was very cool. Um, and there were certain things I really liked about it, but like overall, eh. Um, but it did remind me of big fish in a lot of ways uh, and I'll get into that so quick little summary it does follow this gentleman called Wendon Applegate um 
Weldon Applegate? I don't know what I just said. I said Wendon. Who is that? Who is that? Um, Weldon Applegate. He is very old. He's in like his 90s when the book starts. And he sort of is looking back on his life growing up. Um, and he was sort of growing up at like the start of, I think, like, I think around World War Two, I believe. Um, and now he's old at the front story. Um, but each chapter is like a different like sort of adventure in his life. Um, and his father was a lumberjack and then they owned like a store and um, he then was wanted to be a lumberjack and all this crazy stuff happened and it is very mythic and I think that's a lot of the reason that it reminds me of Big Fish and there's like a witch and there's like giants like there's a lot of weird language where you're like this feels like it's definitely magical realism even though like it's not painting a fantasy world by any means but everything just feels like a little bit off in a in a cool way I also want to say that Stephen King did another review of this book which is weird because it wasn't really there were some scenes that were like unsettling like it wasn't really horror but Stephen King's blurb is shines with a compressed lyricism that recalls Ray Bradbury in his prime this is the work of a gifted novelist and I think that it really speaks volumes that both King and Ines Mitchell um mentioned his, his lyricism um because the writing was by far the best part of this book the story was just sort of like a like like extra like not extra like oh my god that's extra extra like it was just there to be told so that he could use this beautiful language um which is not always like a great thing like you like you want to have a really good story really compelling story even if you want the words to be the star of the show i will say this guy who wrote this book is a songwriter so i think that plays kind of a part in that whole thing but that's a little summary of it to to get into the rating scale for readability i did only give this book a five i'm not going to really talk about form with this i didn't rate form because like there wasn't um anything like super interesting happening with the form but i do want to mention i think for the same reason i struggled with big fish i struggled with this is because each chapter felt very much like its own little short story about this one person's life almost like the book i read last year not last year last episode uh night of the living res which was a collection of short stories and so because it was painted that way each each story felt really digestible and compelling and it really wanted you to go to the next one even though it was all about the same character but because big fish and this book were like presented as a novel like i did have like a difficult time like being engrossed in the thread of it all and the story of it because it felt sort of more like short stories like disjointed and maybe had it been marketed as short stories i would have put it higher 
but I also am not sure. Um, but that's sort of, if that makes sense, my feelings on why I didn't rank the readability super duper high. Of course, though, like I said, the language was the star of the show in this book, and I actually gave language an eight. Um, Josh Ritter is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful writer. I have so many places where I dog-eared it, and I do want to read a couple of them because I think Marissa will really like them as well. The grazing is really peculiar in this book, too. Like, even from the title alone, you get a feel for it. Like, the great glorious goddamn of it all. Like, that's, like, really cool phrasing. And here's, like, a moment. Like, this is not one of the passages I particularly, like, wanted to read. But he goes, everything was going to turn out just dandelion dandy, I told myself. Just double dandelion dandy for sure. And that's fucking weird. And I like it. Um, I like it a lot. So... Let me, okay, here's a really gorgeous passage. On the distant slopes, the tarmac trees blazed out, songbird yellow and in the road. Water that had been collecting in the muddy cups of animal tracks had frozen in knife-sharp scrims. Our boots crunched the frozen whirls of mud as we walked down past the lost lot cemetery on the way to the Searlwater trestle. I could see five new piles of dirt where the jacks had dug extra graves in grim preparation for the season. In a few weeks, the ground would be too frozen up to dig the dirt without blasting it with dynamite. Beautiful. I'm just trying to pick some of these, like, other passages. And, And I think that's really interesting that Stephen King compared him to Bradbury because... I remember reading Something Wicked This Way Comes and I was dog-earing like every other fucking page because I was like, and highlighting and highlighting because I was like, this language is gorgeous. But then we, you know, it wasn't like our favorite story of the of the season that time or anything like that. Um, so it's just interesting that it's not, it doesn't... Being a beautiful writer isn't always synonymous with being a great storyteller. And that's interesting, too, that this was coming from Stephen King, because we always say about Stephen King, what a phenomenal storyteller. Literally not a good writer. Like, literally, Stephen King, uh, he can tell a story, but he can't write uh, to save his life. Why did I dog ear this? You ever dog ear something and then you're like, why did I do that? No, because I don't dog ear, but. Do you, okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, here's, I can see what I, I tagged. I said, it says, the day seemed to follow his voice off into shadow and all around me, I could feel the light beginning to draw inward on itself. I became aware again of Thoreau's birds, peeping their good night from the trees. Laughlin just stared at me with the level gaze he'd gotten from the bottles of Dark Corner. I think I like that because something about I could feel the light beginning to draw inward on itself. What a weird way to say that it was getting dark. <laughs> like this, this, this author just had a really interesting way of looking at the world um, that I really just loved. Um, 
I'm gonna see. There was a little, there was one other passage I really liked that I want to find. <laughs> oh, this is what I mean. This is a great segue from um, talking about like, okay, so Homie said, um, Homie described <laughs> it getting dark out as the light drawing inward on itself. He was describing such regular things in such a weird freaking way. And it was profound. Like this, this, this next part, I read it and I was like, I had to read it five times, not because I didn't understand it, but because I didn't understand why I understood it so deeply. And the, um, oh, it's so strange. I taste it. Okay, so I wanted him to do what he was going to do so that he wouldn't have no more he could do to us. I tasted that thought in my mind, and it was every bit as bitter as the taste of kerosene in my mouth. Still, by that time, I tasted how bad it was. It was way past too late to do anything about it. I tasted that thought in my mind and it was every bit as bitter as the taste of kerosene in my mouth. Do you ever get like a really bad thought and it tastes bad and you're in it like makes you shudder or like you get a bad thought and it feels like nails on a chalkboard or like it, it, it makes like, like it has this like weird metallic feeling and I guess one, first of all, I didn't realize that was like a universal thing. But I also was like, what a cool way, like I would never have been able to articulate that. Like that sort of disgust that comes over you when you have like a, like to use his language, like a bitter thought. It was just really cool. Like, I was like, that's, it just goes to show you all the different ways that you can, like, convey a feeling to the reader um, in really, like, interesting and beautiful ways. Um, there's another moment where he says, uh, she didn't say anything, just made those little sounds that people make when there aren't any other sounds that will do, and words don't mean anything anymore anyway. And that's how it was. That's how it was. Like, he didn't say what kinds of noises she was making, but we completely understood when he said she didn't say anything, just made those little sounds that people make when there aren't any other sounds that will do. And it's just these perfect, like, we always got beaten over the head growing up, I think, as writers uh, with show, don't tell. Show, don't tell, show, don't tell. And I think this author is a prime example of that. Um, and just weird language. Like, here's another one. Oh, it's all gone now, the lights. You won't find it, and you'd be a fool to look. Sure, you could find the old skid row, but now it'd be a bank or a mattress store or a Greyhound station. It's all gone now, and I'm not saying that magic is ever created or destroyed by this world. Only that if you're looking for magic, don't go where the lights used to be because that shit is Gonsville. However big it had once been, however glorious and carnal it had once um, flowered before I first laid eyes on it, only soup bones and jack songs could say. But the light was still ornery and magical enough to be the lights, 
when the ponderous express slowed to a stop near the outskirts and we climbed off and escaped into the night. Bro, what? Like, I don't even know what you're saying, but I love it. Also worth of note, the lights, magic, and world were all capitalized, which I just love when people, like, give a, what is it? Like, a proper noun to a regular noun? Is that what it is? Yeah. It's a really freaking cool writing. Gave it an eight. Would hinge on a nine. Um, We love to see it. For shelf worthiness, I did only give this book a five. I think you could def if you're like, whoa, this language is super freaking cool and I want to read this. Um, I think you could definitely borrow it from somebody who already has it. I don't know a single other person who has this book or who has read this book. So I don't know if that's going to be easy for you to do. Um, in that case, you could take it out from the library. Um, but yeah, it's not going to be one of those that I'm like, everybody go buy it. Like, I'm wondering if there's other ways to experience this writer. And because he's a songwriter, like, maybe you could listen to his and find some of his songs. I don't know. Um, but yeah, that not one that I'm going to be like, you have to buy this or I will die and you will die. Um, plot, I gave it a six. Like I said, it reminded me a lot of Big Fish, that it had this mythic quality to it of these grand adventures where you couldn't necessarily tell what was tr truth uh, and what was sort of fable. And I really do like that as a concept. And I'm always the, I'm always a person who's gonna just head on willful suspension of disbelief. Like I'll always just believe whatever the author's gonna tell me to be truth. Um, I think that life's more fun that way anyway. Um, so this did have the really like magical quality to it that I really enjoyed. And it was really original. Like it was really weird. It was really cool. Was it the kind of plot that had me page turning? No. And hence why it didn't rank higher than six and hence why it only ranked a five in terms of readability. But it was very cool. Last but not least, characterization. I did give this book a seven. I think that Josh Ritter's writer's voice is so great that you have to really also hand it to um, Weldon because he sort of has this really distinct voice and therefore his characterization uh, is, is really strong. The other characters in the book, while some of them aren't, well, they're not as sort of, developed I guess I want to say as maybe some characters in other books they are all really original in the same way that like the crazy things that happen in the plot are really original like for example like his stepmom is you never really hear her name she's just referred to as the witch um and she's really but in a good way like not like the witch like oh my god that witch like the, like she's literally a witch um and and she's a really interesting character and they're all very these they're the characters of fables. And I think, again, that's why I'm wanting to draw these parallels to Big Fish because you were given so many characters in that book and you were only with them all for a short while, but they all stick out in your mind because they were such characters, if that makes sense doesn't necessarily mean that much characterization is taking place at least in the way that marissa and i view it but they were characters like character and a half like 
like when you meet a person that's just so wild that you like remember them forever even though you don't really know that much about them and there is something to be said about that but yeah that's that on that the great glorious goddamn of it all josh ritter winner of the best title award and it was it was a fun time i'm glad i i'm glad i read it like it's good yeah um i know we keep saying this but damn what a title what a title what a good friggin title we love it makes me a little bit mad yeah why didn't i make that i know and the title also makes me a little bit sad like the great glorious goddamn of it all I just realized I wasn't talking to my mic. Yeah, there's something... Like, melancholic about it in a weird way. Yeah, right? Definitely. And it, it and, and also the fact that, like, that phrasing, if you're viewing it, is coming from the main character. It's coming from this guy in his 90s who's, like, recounting his life, and he's, like, the great glorious goddamn of it all. Like, damn. He knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about. So that's how we feel about that. Um, yeah. I'd love to hear about your book. No. What if I just didn't let you? I know. What if you were like, okay, that's it on that. <laughs> like, all right, bye, guys. Uh, funny. Bonnet with silly goofy. Um, all right. So as I have mentioned previously, I read Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. And I was just like a couple hours ago Googling this book to figure out how many pages there was just because I set my book down somewhere and now I just don't know where it is. And someone tweeted, why is it, or not tweeted, someone Googled, why is it controversial? And I was like, I mean, I guess I could see things that would be controversial about this book, but like, not really. So I, um, I clicked on that to read about it. And So, fun fact, this book is about a girl who everyone refers to as the Swamp Girl because she lives out in the swamp, and her whole family kind of one by one leaves her, and so she lives very much on her own. Um, She's so fascinated with, obviously, the marsh and the swamp and um, all this other stuff, so Marsh Girl, love her. She's great. And um, she gets accused of murdering someone, a boy. And yeah, so like it's front story and back story. Um, It goes through her life when she was a kid. You know, her family leaving her her kind of 
meeting someone and kind of falling in love with this boy and then everything that happens in that. Um, and then there's also her meeting this other boy, the boy who will eventually die and whose murder she gets accused of. Okay, so that's a quick summary of that book. The controversial part of this book is that the author, Delia Owens, um, was advised and her, I believe, ex-husband, I don't think they're together anymore, but uh, was advised to not ever go back to, I don't remember where it was, but um, whatever country in Africa they were living in at the time because the police wanted to question them about a murder. And I guess what happened was, I mean, Delia Owens has, um, like, a bachelor's and a master's in zoology. She's doing the damn thing thing all of the time and um so she like knows her stuff and this stuff is i'll talk about it later but it is also uh in in the book or whatever a lot of like scientific stuff and in her real life you know she she has like she's she's done a lot of conservation things i guess and so they're making a documentary about her and her husband at the time. And during that documentary, there's a there's an illegal poacher, obviously, doing poacher things. And they are like, that's not cool. And he gets shot and dies. And I guess it's supposedly on film and everything, but the faces are blurred out and you can't see who shoots him and the police and other people have said that it was her stepson that shot him but she says that people got confused and only thought that it was her stepson but her stepson wasn't on the scene at time at the time the only reason why people think that is because the stepson and the cameraman have the same name <laughs> just like all this like silly goofy super crazy stuff that I'm like I don't know, Bestie. This sounds pretty wild. And you wrote a book about a lady accused of murder. Like, that's a little bit interesting and silly goofy to me. But okay. Um, but yeah, so that is a brief summary of the story and a fun little thing about Miss Delia Owens. Let's get into my cute little writing skull. Um, also, for whatever reason, I have Chrissy wake up stuck in my head. <laughs> so that's really fun. Um, so for readability and interest, I give this an eight. I could not put this book down. I literally binge read it. Um, it is 368 pages and I read it in two days. Like I ate this book like it was a snack. Um, and it's not it doesn't I mean the chapters aren't too long but like some books I'm like oh well the font was really big and 
the chapters were really short and whatever so I read it fast this one I literally don't know why I read it fast I think I just genuinely enjoyed the story and I wanted to be with these characters and know what was happening um, and it was just really like beautifully written um, there are a few things we'll get to later that I was a little bit iffy about but other than that it's wonderful um, for language and style I gave this an 8.5 like I said beautiful the descriptions of this this the the the, the marsh and the swamps were just gorgeous um like i mentioned before there were some really sciencey things in it that i felt i just love that i love when an author can take their expertise about something else and bring it into their book i think that that's so fun i mean just I don't know. You always hear people be like, write what you know, write what you know. <laughs> but when someone does actually write something that they're actually really knowledgeable about, it feels nice to read that. It's like I'm learning something, but I'm not trying to learn it. Um, but yeah, so I thought that was really beautiful. And also something else I should mention about Delia Owens that I didn't think about until just now is um, this is actually her debut novel. She wrote things before this, but it was all nonfiction, um, very scientific-y type stuff. So for her to write a novel that juggles so much and does it so well is definitely something to applaud. Um, like I said, front story, back story. But then while she's doing that, she's she has like a mystery going on and some romance going on and she's telling an entire life of a character and it it has at times coming of age vibes um yeah it's pretty it's pretty remarkable for form i didn't rate it anything because not really anything crazy happening here um Besides the front story and the backstory, which isn't crazy. But yeah, shelf worthy slash read again. I gave it an eight. I would definitely read this again. Give me like five years and I'll probably definitely read it again because I thought it was that beautiful. Shelf worthy. Yeah, I'm keeping it on my shelf. Um, not only did I really like it, but I also just think that it's um, beautiful. Like I said, the cover is beautiful. I think the spine might be gray, but it's okay. I'll deal with that. Um, but the cover is just a gorgeous orange sunset sunrise type color. Um, that's just really nice. I definitely think, like, I know this book is classified as a mystery, I'm pretty sure. But I would. I would say it's more literary fiction in the sense that there's a lot happening um, in terms of genres where it can fall in a lot of different places. And I, I, would, I would risk saying that this is a book for anyone, um, which you can't say that about a lot of books at all. Um, I had been recommended this book by two people and one, they were both 
older, but one was a man and one was a lady. And it's it's interesting because the man, it was actually my boyfriend's dad. And I just would not expect him to enjoy a book like this. Or I really wouldn't expect any man to enjoy a book like this because it deals with a lot of women issues. Um And like I don't I don't just mean the way that the men in her life treat her. I also mean like there's a chapter where this girl gets her period. <laughs> and like I don't know. I just feel like a lot of men would be really turned off by this book, especially if you have seen the movies or you watch the trailer, or you've seen commercials. Even if you look at the the movie adaptation cover, I think a lot of men would be turned off by it um but i really think that it is it is beautiful and interesting enough for anyone to read and it really does have a little bit of just about everything in it that would keep people hooked for plot i gave it an eight like i said not only are we doing this the this murder mystery but it's also kind of coming of age and a little bit of romance and um you're going through all of that and i would be willing to say even though the mystery part was good i enjoyed the background parts about her life and leading up to it much more and I think that's because those parts the a lot of the um the mystery parts follow different characters and there's just something about the Marsh girl that is so compelling um and I think people really do want to be with her. But, so yeah, so overall, I give the plot an eight. It was really interesting. Like I said, I could not put it down. And she also did a really good job of not making you bored. Even, I would say this, the shortest chapters are the ones that don't have the Marsh Girl in it, which were the ones that I was just talking about that I found that I was just found a little bit boring um but she she does a good job of balancing that really really well and i don't know maybe she just had a really good editor or something for characterization i gave it a 7.5 so here's the thing we love marsh girl her name's taya i never said that her name's taya we love her she's wonderful her her character is very layered and dynamic and we love that um there are some things as she gets older that i'm very much on the fence about i like them because i think that they do in a way show a very realistic portrayal of 
young women. Uh, but I definitely think that there are parts where it gets taken a little bit too far and could be a character of things. But also, I understand because of her own trauma why she is the way she is about certain things. So I'm like, okay, maybe I can accept it. But I don't know. Still some things that I'm working through. It's just like... As she gets older and she starts liking boys. It kind of gets to the point where it feels like. She's just dating this boy because she's horny. (laughs) Honestly. And like, do I get it? Like. I guess, like, if you were really, really lonely and you're, like, newly a turned-on being, maybe, but sometimes it just felt a little bit like, like how women were portrayed in the Elvis film, or, like, how when anyone talks about Elvis's fans, how they're literally, like, orgasming in their seats for whatever reason it felt like that a little bit at times like come on come on guys that's just silly goofy in my opinion um but also the like quote bad guy in the film there are times when i or in the film in the film and in the movie actually there are times when i was kind of confused and i was like is he a good guy? I don't know. Like, there were genuinely times when I could have, when I totally understood why she liked him and why she, like, didn't totally see he was being a douchebag. And that's because he was just so good at being a douchebag. Um, he was just so good at playing people that, of course, she wouldn't have realized it. Um, that he had fooled me at times. That silly goose, he did. So either way, I gave this, the characterization a 7.5. Um, and the last thing I will say is, if you've seen the movie and you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to read the book because I've seen the movie. Mm, I would say the movie followed the book pretty wonderfully and pretty accurately and I totally get why you would say that um and even like the narration in the movie seemed to be reading a lot from the book totally cool totally get it I still think you should read the book because it was pretty friggin cool and beautiful and you know, you can spend two hours watching a movie and, like, loving characters, but you can spend 365 pages, which could be four or five days. It could be a week with these characters, and you get to spend time with them and relive the story all over again, and that's just as fun. Um, So I would recommend that you read it again. And the last thing I was going to say was... Don't remember it slipped my brain, so I guess it's gone. It don't matter.
Yep, I don't know. Um, for some reason, I did know about the controversy, like not actually, but like I did, but I had convinced myself that she had done vehicular manslaughter. And then I realized while you were saying that, that that wasn't Delia Owens and get this, that, that nobody needs to understand how I possibly got this confused. Just know this is how my brain works. I'm like, oh yeah, it wasn't De like, this is literally what I said in my own head. And then I thought, oh, what? Oh no, it wasn't Delia Owens that did vehicular manslaughter. That was Caitlyn Jenner. Girl, those, th th like, th it could not be more different. Like, first of all, Julie Owens didn't do vehicular manslaughter. She may have done regular murder. Um, but I was like, wait, where? why did my brain say, oh, yeah, Caitlyn Jenner, Julia Owens, same. Same. Also, though, are we really sad if a poacher died? No. Not. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. But, yeah, so that I just thought that was funny. I needed to tell you that. No, that is funny. I'm, yeah. Like, no, it wasn't Delia Owens. It was Caitlyn Jenner. Oh, well, yeah. Same thing. thing. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> um, that's so fun, though. I do want to watch the movie. And now I do kind of, now I do want to read the book. My movie's really good. It's like, like I saw it with my boyfriend and his dad, and when it was, and his dad had already seen it, what? and when it ended, me and Nick just like looked at each other, and like we both were all teary eyed, and I was like, wow, because <laughs> I love Daisy Edgar Jones. I think she slays. Yeah, she did wonderful too. Um. I wish they would have made her look a little bit crazier. Like, the Marsh Girl had, like, thick black hair. And you gotta think, her mom left when she was really, really young. So, like, does she, does she brush her hair? I don't know. Wash it? I don't know. Does she condition her? Probably not. She poked. Like, I just wish she looked a little bit crazier and more, yeah. like, cool Marsh girl. But, you know, I'm okay with it. And, I mean, she did great. And they followed the book so well that if the only complaint I had was that she didn't have thick, crazy hair, then that's a pretty good complaint to have. Right, right. That's true. TBR. One down. Hundreds to go. So many to go that they're no longer fit on the shelf. That is for my TBR. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're in a bad situation. What are we reading next week? You know what next Thursday is, Marissa. It's turkey day. It's turkey lurkey time. And it's feast week here at the Little Sleep Much Reading podcast. What are we feasting on, you might ask? Last year, we kept it really PG. With animals, right? Yeah, with, with our feasts. It just had to include a feast. A feast. 
Um, mine got a little bit gory, messy. That's cool. Um, but otherwise, we did pretty good. Yeah. Um, our feast week for next week is going to be cannibalism themed. We're feasting on human flesh. Well, we're not. <laughs> well, well, well. Who's um, to say? 2022 year of the cannibalism book what's yeah. wrong with the tiktok girlies i don't know but i love it they said i'm gonna give you guys a bunch of book recommendations where a woman just eats somebody and we said well perfect that's right up my alley honestly i've started reading mine it's great so far so this will be the second cannibalism book i've read in the year of our lord 2022 so what is yours mine is brother i wish i looked up her name i'm gonna guess it's anaya alborn and i'm gonna read a certain hunger by chelsea g summers we love it i'm so excited we are just starving for next week we can't wait for everybody to be listening to next week's episode while they're cooking their thanksgiving just like listening to us talk about eating humans so slay yes so slay maybe while we film the next episode we should eat so everyone can listen to us being like ew like a mukbang delicious lsmr mukbang challenge so uh yeah that's our plans for that and that's the season finale guys oh yeah so if you post up then you're like we said, you're a narc and your mom's a hoe. And your mom's a hoe. So if you don't want us to think about your mom's a hoe, post the fuck up for the season finale next Thursday on Thanksgiving. Do it. Do it. That's it. I'd love to see it. And we'll see you then. We'll see you there. We we better. I love that it just turns into a threat. If not, remember what the theme of next week is? Watch your back. Watch your backs, babes. Watch your fucking backs, babes. Uh, bye. Peace out. Oh, sorry, that was my sister.